do you think Jeff Probst has ever been to a carnival? Because he was like, you know, hey, this is a carnival game. You know, think about scones. And I have never seen a scone in a carnival. And I and and they even said it there. They're like, Jeff, have you been to a carnival? Like, this is not a carnival game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Survivor does have a lot of like random carnival game type stuff. And this is definitely not one of them. <laughs> Come on in. Hello and welcome to Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Jordan and we're going back to the old school days. I'm going to lead off hosting here on the podcast. It is awesome to be back. I am going to introduce you first off to the man that I will be hosting with today. He's someone who I met for the first time playing Survivor at Home season two. And my real introduction was a head to head battle on Survivor trivia. I wasn't exactly sure where I would be on the Survivor Trivia and then quickly realized I was actually doing well. But alongside my opponent here, we had one of the most epic battles, I think, in Survivor at Home history. And that trivia game should live in infamy forever because it was awesome. So I want to welcome in Kel Sherman all the way from Winnipeg to join me here on Survivor at Home, the podcast. What up, what up? And uh, Jordan, remind me again, who won that head to head showdown? I believe that you did end up beating me, correct? I did beat you. I, we went I like well. four or five extra, four or five extra rounds, and and uh, by the end, I was a little bit disappointed that I had lost, but was impressed with myself as well. I could see your face falling as I was listing off seasons of Survivor, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I showed thing. my cards. Yes, I showed my cards. I did not want to be, you know, the Survivor guy, but Andrew had this challenge that, you know. Hey, to, hey, Cal, how'd that season yes. finish? You know, <laughs> small victories. Let's talk about the small victories there, right? I beat you. <laughs> you, you beat me on the yeah. second challenge of the game. Yes, yes. that's true. You did. Um, so Kel and I can reminisce about that and uh, who won and who didn't. Uh, but we also want to welcome in a man who this is his first time appearing on Survivor at Home, the podcast. He's been a staple of the Survivor at Home community since Survivor at Home season three was his first one. Uh, someone who lives in the Survivor at Home community, at least in my opinion, he's got three of the top five or six tribal council results under his belt that he was a part of. The problem is all of those were him getting voted out epically uh, to do with idols. And um, well, I'm sure we'll get into a couple of them. But first off, let's welcome in John Matthews. Hello. Good to be here. Well, John, so I wanted to cover a couple of these because your tribal councils, I understand it might be a pain point for you. So we'll see how that goes with the um, uh, with getting voted out. But three times epic fashion that you get voted out. The first one, remind me, um, but I believe it went, you had two idols in your pocket. You were new to Survivor, didn't know the ins and outs of the game overly well, if that's fair to say. Played your idol for someone else who you thought was going home. And then fill in the details from there. Yeah. So I actually, so I had two idols and an extra vote, but I knew I was on the outs. So Alex street had just come back from uh, exile Island, came back in and, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is the only person I can work with because the other, I think it was the other five people just, we're, we're such a tight alliance that there was no getting in with them. 
Yeah, and I thought Alex and I had had kind of made a plan, but then based on what happened during the tribal council, the discussion, uh, he was like, no, I'm going after this other person instead. And, and I thought that was maybe a ploy and didn't get the memo. So I played my idol for Alex and then my extra votes, you know, went, went to someone else and Alex went a different way. And then they, they split their votes and the rest went to me and it wasn't enough. So uh, that's tough. You played it for someone else and then you ended up getting voted out in that situation. Now, the next season that you played uh, was season five or four was the next one that you played. Five. Yeah. yeah. Season five was the next one you played um, on the familiar faces tribe is where you would have been at that point. And it, after the merge in one of the tribal councils, I think it was myself who actually played an idol because as a former finalist and having won it before was a massive target at that point, along with those that I was aligned with and kind of knew the votes were coming my way. And I think almost all of them did go my way, except for a few that were, uh, that were aligned with me and the stray bullet went off on you after my idol did it there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And again, I had an idol and, and I thought we had split the votes, but we, everyone threw it on onto you. And so it, it ended up, I I had all against me and I I should have played my idol. again. The idol plays, the idol plays on John. And then there's one more survivor at home backyard. If we want to go, we'll go down this path too, because it's just so it's so epic. Because it it hurts because we're the the drama of it is unbelievable, John, and and watching them, I I can't believe it. And so you're a strong guy for for taking these all on. And the last one, Survivor at Home Backyard, and all votes except for one went on to Steph Ironside, and she she played Nidal. Did someone play Nidal for her? uh, Steph Steph S. Steph, Steph S. Sorry, Steph S. Not Steph Ironside. Steph S. All votes were on her. She plays an idol for herself. And was it one vote or two? I, I think it was just her. It was just her vote. For me. Landed. The stray bullet hit you again. Oof. Oh, yeah. man. It's legendary moments in Survivor at Home history. And hopefully you'll be able to come back and, and turn the turn it around, get your fourth chance and turn it around. Yeah, you got to um, respect the plays, though. Like, just a, exactly. amazing, epic moments. So Some re- yeah. The last two really good plays. The first one, you kind of brought it along yourself when you played it for someone else. But we'll go from there. Um, let's get into this episode here. Survivor uh, Season 45, Episode 10. How am I the mobster? We always have a trivia question. How am I the mobster? Who Who's the mobster in this episode? Uh, Jake Jake said the quote there. Jake said the quote. Yeah, I, I agree that like he might not be a mobster, but he's being called that. And uh, he got the he got the quote here. They head back to the beach and Kendra's just been voted out. She got blindsided. A couple people with her. And Austin is one note that I wrote down. Austin had given Julie his idol. And I'm wondering, is she going to give that back? I think she will. Is that even a question for you guys? Or do you think it's obvious what she's going to do with that? They're all so close that I can't see it, you know, like she probably already did. We just didn't didn't see it happen. You know. Yeah, we it's it wasn't on camera if it did happen. Right. So the end of the story that we know of is Julie still has an idol. Yeah, we haven't seen it go back. I think I'm along the lines where John was going, like, why would she want to make kind of trouble in that sort of way by putting up a fight on it? Um, 
we get back to camp. Jake squeaking by. I love at some point in this episode, Jake is giving us the um, the perception that like, yeah, I'm squeaking by, but I'm doing a good job here. No, they're just choosing not to vote you out and blindside somebody else when everyone thinks it's you. You're not sneaking by. You're not making these moves. You're not voting right for the most part. Did not know Kelly was getting voted out. He did know Kendra, or at least that she was going to get some votes. But he's trying to play it off like he's he's playing it well. Sorry, Jake. Not quite. He said he was playing the dead dog, but I was like, dog, you weren't playing that. They played you and you survived it. Got to feel for the guy, though, because yeah. like he just has no, oh, op- yeah. like, you know, he wants to do something, but no one's playing with him. Oh, that's the tough part. He's getting treated. This comes up later, but he's getting treated like he's Romeo out there and he's, he's not. He's better than that. Right. From a couple seasons ago. And then Bruce, another thing to highlight, Bruce is having some challenge excess success and it's just making it hard to get him out everyone knows he's got the idol as well which is a fun topic later but his success and challenges is really making it difficult let's go back to the morning and we get some of the emotion starts julie it's tough for her what are your thoughts on seeing a survivor player struggle with with what she's struggling with betraying people she's got the, the mama jay comments as well See, Jordan, I don't know what you think about this comparison or maybe this archetype, but I really was curious to see Julie just talk about that because first off, she's a longtime fan. And second, she probably does know that the old lady archetype, sorry, when I say old lady, that I don't mean to that to say that in a pejorative sense, but you know what the oldest female castaway on the on the show, they are often seen as the sort of yeah, the mom of sort of the mama. caretaker. Sari. And they this often is Yes, Suri. And they often do find themselves closer to the end. And if they do make it to the end, they actually don't win because people are hurt by them. And one of the best uh, examples of this is Don Meehan in uh, Fans vs. Favorites 2, when everyone celebrated John Cochran, but her, Don Meehan, who was, yeah, the older lady of the tribe, uh, people felt personally hurt by her and just went hard at her in final tribal council. And then John Cochran wins like 11 to nothing. So I, I do feel for Julie in that moment, but yeah. I don't know what it is about, you know, the archetype uh, and how they can maybe succeed a bit better, but, yeah. but it's, a tough, you... it's a tough place to be. It's a tough spot to be in. And she really, she mentions in this episode, which I thought was actually kind of fascinating that the players calling her mama Jay, it feeds into that for her. Like she, oh, sure. um, like it's one thing to be Julie, who everyone you know likes and is caring, but then to add like the mama part, and maybe there's something in her story that also feeds into that that we just don't we don't necessarily see um, in in this episode or on the show. But she's really struggling with that. Has a, a tearful conversation with with Drew as well, and then we move on to um, a couple other things that start to happen. But, but that we... an interesting one, yeah. Yes, before we Julie, move Julie on, kind of put it on herself, though. Really, she uh, like so. I I went back and in the first episode, she sort of like in in her introduction to the tribe, she said like family, and someone was like mom, like mom, and then you know she explains later that she's really leaned into this mom role, you know, for mm-hmm. Drew, for like for some That's of the good, yeah, but yeah, and that you know that could be like to start the game for that archetype a bit of strategy there to sort of pitch yourself on as I'm the mom, I'm the caretaker. But then when you actually start to develop feelings for the players and like, Oh man, this is a game where we vote each other out. I think that's probably where the archetype would struggle the most is that 
okay, I set myself up to be this way, but now I have to sort of <laughs> you know, get, yeah. get rid of these people in a sense. Well, and that's something that's uh, become a little more of a topic of conversation too on the podcast. And for me specifically, as I played a couple of online reality games um, with Survivor at Home and, and Kels, um, you start to realize the more you, the deeper into the game you play with people, the more you start to develop an actual relationship with them, not just a, I'm playing survivor with someone, but you get to know someone um, over that extended period of time. And it, it becomes harder to separate the game and the relationship and voting someone out. And then in, in the, the thing I always bring up is in the survivor context, there's nothing else going on in your life in that moment. You're living there with these people. So yeah, to vote someone out um, also at tribal council, uh, people mentioned, you know, not wanting to, tr- someone voted out, either Kelly or Kendra um, mentioned on their way out, not wanting, not trusting Julie as far as they can throw her. Um, and that really affects you too, right? Especially in your agency moving forward in the game. Jordan, I have a quick question for you to just uh, relate it back to the season that you played in that I ran. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So one, one funny parallel between that season and the season that we're watching is I think there's about one. four <laughs> well, there was about four people that sort of quit the game um, during the season that you and Alex played in. Yes. And one of them sort of had this very spectacular um, vote me out, please. I really need to leave this game right now moment. And what would it take for you to ignore that plea and then actually vote out the main target of that tribal and then hope that person quits? I... So looking back wish we had done that yeah like i was sitting there when someone was at when the d was involved in this tribal council um uh, i can't remember who else was but when was it sean who was saying he wanted to to be voted out yes um yes i was with d like vote someone else out and hope he quits because now my opinion now of that type of situation is if i the goal is to win the game. The goal is to win the game. And if I'm there and I vote someone else, someone out, and then you're going to quit. Perfect. That's two people down. The exception to that might be very, very early on where you don't want to lose two people for challenge sake. At the, at the but tribal in that, stage, it's harder. In, sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. In the tribal, when you know the tribal stage is going to be extended for two to three more votes, you it's harder to lose the people. But if you're closer to the merge than, than not, I'm now, after having been through an online reality game where that happened, I'm ho- I'm starting to lean toward the side of, yeah, this may sound heartless, but if you want to quit, then you quit. I'm voting who we're voting out. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and that's what I want to see on the TV show. But of course, when you're living there and you're sitting in the moment and you're seeing someone just plead with you, it's super hard to, you know, not have that appeal to your humanity. But at the end of the day, you got to remember this is a game. And as you're going to say, you want people to, you know, leave. (laughs) And that's why I say, I hope that I would be of the mindset of, no, I'm going to vote at the target anyways. I can't say that I would. But objectively looking now, in the season that I played on your Survivor Cal, we should have just done that. We should have voted out the target. I don't really remember that whole situation, um, but we should have just voted out the target rather than yeah. changing to the person that asked to be voted out is what 
is what should have happened. And, um, and when in Sean's case, uh, my opinion is if they had another target, they should have done that. And then if, if Sean quits, Sean quits. Sean and then quits. you're one more person. Yeah. You're one more person closer. Yeah. Another, another point that I don't want to, to talk about before I move on from the uh, D sorry, from the mama J Andrew scene is that I really liked to see that sort of vulnerability from true because you do see him like cry, take off his glasses. He's wiping his eyes. And for like through nine episodes, um, Drew just seems like that stuck up, you know, Ivy League. I'm smarter than you. And I'm sure, I don't know if that's intentional, but that's just sort of the the vibe that he gives off. So for him to have that, you know, vulnerability in front of Mama J, and of course to the audience, super powerful. And if he can somehow take that, and bring that to tribal council, final tribal yeah. council, like game over, man. Like I game think over this guy. He, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's good. He's good. Anyway, I just wanted to yeah, touch on that. Yeah, that's that I really like seeing that. That's good. And then we start to get into some, some setups. So Emily, Bruce and Katura, how are they going to work? How is the, how are these guys going to work together? But they are, you're looking around going this Reba group. They're, they're untouched. They, they're untouched. They keep, Knocking out, uh, they took out Caleb, and now they've taken out a couple of the Bellow, um, the Bellow members as well. Uh, and they weren't overly upset when they lost some of their Reba members. Jay Maya and Sifu um, wasn't overly upsetting to lose those um, to lose those players. So Emily starts to think, are the uh, Reba boys Austin and Drew closer with the Reba women, uh, D and Julie, or are they closer with her? Um, but the problem that Emily is having, I love that she points this out. It's hard to work against Reba because Jake, Bruce, and Katura do not know how to work with each other. And that's an issue completely. And it's really interesting because Survivor casting does a really good job at putting personalities that they know are going to clash on tribes. And so clearly they knocked it out of the park with the Bellow, Bellow, because Bellow is a hot mess. But something about that Reba four, like casting, got something wrong because they're clearly <laughs> vibing quite well. They, Don't know they are vibing well over the long term too. They've never really had a a hitch in their in their in their vibe. It's and, always and been them working episode together. One, like day yeah. one, they've been they they wanted to be that four. Yeah, the only kind of chink in the armor on that was when. Um, it was kind of hidden around like the idol and the clues, but then they just came, they came clean about it anyways. And everyone's moved on from that. Yeah. And, and the people at the bottom, Sifu and Jay Maya were right in there with the bellows. Like yeah. as much as they wanted Jay Maya out, like she was willing to take bullets and take the fall for the Sifu vote. So that's yeah. right, man. <laughs> it's, everything's going so perfect for them. And then we get into, and this was awesome. Bruce's, lie about the idol this was what what i found hilarious about this is so he's saying that the idol you know goes out with kelly her big did you guys hear about her big i'm sure you did her big brain play that she was gonna that she wanted to do in the game yes so okay so for those in the audience and for john who aren't aware kelly had shared in her exit interviews that she had a big brain play coming up which was she was threatening, um, not threatening, but saying that someone out there, maybe Katura, had a 
um, knowledge is power advantage. She was telling Bruce this. And so the play was get Bruce's idol from him and then vote him out so that he, he was hiding his idol from the knowledge is power. And then you just vote him out anyways. Um, and then see you later. And now she has his idol. So Bruce's lie about, I was scared of the knowledge is power and I gave it to Kelly is kind of hilarious that that whole thing comes full circle. But what I love is this thing's going to take on a life of its own. If he, if he goes out with, if he goes with this lie um, about his idol. And so he starts to tell Katura about it. And Katura is like, yeah, really that you, you lost your idol. You don't have your idol. And then we immediately, the least shocking confessional of all time in this show is Katura coming onto the confessional and saying, I'm not believing a word of that. <laughs> There's no way he did. He's got his idol. He did not give it to Kelly. It's not gone with her. He didn't even stick with it for like 10 seconds. Oh, we'll like she get, immediately, yeah. She like, immediately knew. No, no, no way. You, no way. And, and he didn't like, he didn't follow through on it. So, <laughs> so he goes to his, also he's deliberately lying to someone that he should still be trying to work with. And two minutes ago, we saw that he was trying to work with. Then he heads over to Jake tells Jake and Jake does believe him believes him hardcore, which is now this is where the life is the life of its own is taking off because Katura's not believing him. Who's she going to talk to about it though? And then Jake does believe him. And is Jake going to peddle this information forward and what's going to happen from that? Yeah. And I, th- I think he is hoping while well, he, he does say in the confessional that he's hoping that Jake will kind of spread it through camp, which does happen. But then, you know, <laughs> We'll see later on kind of how, how it gets stopped. Exactly. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up to that point and call time of death on it a little later. Um, did we get into the challenge, a reward challenge and the reward a night away at the sanctuary must be that that's gotta be fantastic. Like, I don't know. Any vacation away is great, but sleeping or not sleeping the way these contestants are, out there to get a night at the sanctuary where you get the the food and we'll talk about the food because that was hilarious to me um but the food and the night away but any comments kel john on the on the challenge it was um what was the first the first component the second component was the rope um but what was the first component of this challenge went up and down over some some like sawhorse kind of things and then they had to crawl under a net under, that, through some under the netting. Yeah, yeah. One thing I did see on um, either Jeff's podcast on fire or somewhere on Twitter, maybe, is that the challenges were actually made for the ninety-minute episodes. So these challenges are actually yeah. a lot longer to uh, to do and to film and to have on the show because they were fully aware that they were going for longer episodes, ninety-minute episodes. So, yeah. And and you can you can see that too, like the the multi element challenges, and then they have the ball on the maze that they have to balance off. And Jeff clearly saying it'll take some time, and then someone's going to get into a rhythm and just get it right away. And I think there was some sneaky editing. It showed that Austin was close, but it never actually showed Austin and the ball being close. It either showed the ball being close or Austin. It didn't show both at any time. I don't actually think he was that close. I think Emily won that pretty easily. and um, But she wins it, and immediately she breaks down. And I need to retract myself 
um, when I was on, I think I was on episode two and we were talking about Emily and I was like, I don't know what the path is. Uh, they were trying, people were trying to sell like the Carolyn. Um, I think I was on with Luke and I don't think it was Alex. It was someone else. Uh, but we were on the podcast and um, talking about, you know, the comparison of Emily to Carolyn. And I was like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see her, her turn it around. And I, I'm, I was wrong on that. Emily, her breaking down shocked that she won. You could feel that. You could feel like the journey she's been on. She's not the most physical person. Her winning a challenge is a massive upset, a little bit like it's a surprise that she takes it. Um, and you can feel that emotion in that moment when she wins it. And I mean, I'm not saying Emily's going to win the game, but winning anything goes a long way. You know, it's just another notch in your belt. For those people who do value challenge wins, especially looking like if Austin's on the jury, depending who she's up against, he knows that Emily did best me in one of these physical and I don't know if it's a mental challenge at the end there, but what a dexterity, I guess. Yeah. So he like you can respect that, right? You can respect someone's uh, win over multiple stronger, smarter, faster people than you. Yeah. I also did notice, though, to kind of counterpoint that, uh, it was mentioned in the Discord by, I think, London Steve today. The winner of this uh, type of challenge where you win and then you have to pick people to go with you has been voted out that same episode two or three seasons or the last two or three times that this challenge has been run. Yeah, I, I think that stat is is true. But I think the way that Emily did this didn't really alienate anyone in particular. Yeah. And... It was it was very organic. And even having, I would say, when she picks Katura and she's like, I thought I was going to be the last person that you picked. I think Katura was a very smart pick, very calculated. So oh, I, yeah. I really liked really liked how she how she played that as well. Emily's just yeah. always thinking. Getting the late the ladies' night at the sanctuary. Um and part of that not alienating, I don't see a full-on women's alliance coming out of that just like I don't see a full-on men's alliance coming out of that either, on either end, right? Because sometimes you can alienate people, as you mentioned, with who you pick and who you don't pick. And by leaving certain people back at camp is not good, but leaving just the four guys and taking the four women with you or the three other women with you, I don't. this season hasn't built up in a way where it'll be a men versus women the rest of the way down. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, there just isn't the trust there with some of them. And, and again, that Reva Force, too yep. strong. Yeah, so ladies' night at the sanctuary. Uh, the women talk to Emily about her underestimating herself. They see her as a, a force now, um, but she's underestimating herself. Um, and this is where I went, okay, my, my, my poor take about Emily. She's turned it around on me, and it's, um, it's awesome. Then Katura outs bruce's lie to them he's gonna come he's gonna tell you that uh that his idol went with kelly and that's not true he still got it and the women just kind of laugh about it and then that's when i realize the food that they're eating what were they eating for for the reward no idea thanksgiving kind of meal was it turkey stuffing mashed potatoes thanksgiving was last week not this week they missed thanksgiving they got i I saw some comments online about how um cbs had actually has actually shifted survivor back by a week 
from what they originally planned. So they had planned this episode to be launched last Wednesday so that Thursday was Thanksgiving Day and it all worked nicely and Thanksgiving themed with the uh, with the reward. And now they just kind of look like, oh, why are you doing a Thanksgiving meal in a, on a random Wednesday instead of the Wednesday right before American Thanksgiving? Yeah, American Thanksgiving. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. I do because we had Thanksgiving here in Canada. Uh, in, a month ago. Mid, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mid, yeah. mid-October. It's been like five or six yeah. weeks or something like that since we had Thanksgiving. Yeah. Harvest right. is a lot earlier. In yeah, yeah. So, But no, American Thanksgiving, now. being an American show on an American network um, for the U.S., it uh yeah that they, they missed it they they got pushed back by a week and there must have been some awareness like maybe just hearing what the food was going to be because austin says it later on he's like this is you know this fish is our is our thanksgiving <laughs> yeah and so it's so they yeah, must have kind of knew that have, it was supposed to be. they knew well as, as soon as you hear that the reward is turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes then you know that's that is stereotypical thanksgiving meal what a stark contrast, though, from the reward challenge uh, last episode. Like, a chicken to split between each other, and then you get this full, like, thing, full meal. And it's I so mean, good. to go back to the chicken, like, Kendra's vegetarian. Like, come on, Survivor. Right. I mean, we have, Alex, I, we have Alex with his, like, 1,100 allergies, and, you know, they can't cater to one person who can't eat meat. Like, come on here. Come that's on. that's a bit <laughs> tough one um, tough one survivor come tough. on now yeah and we get we get back to this is where survivor has had so much fun with editing this year when you get back to just the guys talking and every time i see this i think of the meme like oh he's probably out talking to someone else or he's probably they're probably out doing this and the guys are just like burping and farting around camp and playing weird games and drew all skin and bones and seven feet tall is flexing like to no end. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny to watch these guys. Oh, and, and the Top Gun like music, they, yeah. like that montage they put together was, I, I mean, they've been playing around. I think these 90 minute episodes have made them add in some kind of fun little cheeky things that they wouldn't, they wouldn't have normally done. And we do get a little bit of strategy though. Br- Jake uh, tells Drew about the idol flush on Bruce, that Bruce's idol is gone. And so now Drew and uh, Drew believes it. He tells Austin and, oh man, they are excited because their plan that they haven't even gotten to execute yet has already worked. Um, Drew and Austin believing that, uh, that that idol is gone could be, we, we know how it ends up, but that could be a game changer. Them thinking that idol is gone. They believed it so hard. They did oh, like yeah. It, they were doing a, a happy dance. Oh, yeah. Like, you're just jumping around. Like, again, you see the contrast between, you know, the ladies' night and the and the boys' night. Like, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And it just I, – I listened to Bruce's exit interview on RHAP today, Rob has a podcast, and it wasn't too illuminating. I feel like I didn't learn a lot, and I didn't – there wasn't a lot of self-reflection there from Bruce. But I really wish Bruce would have talked about – like what he could have done differently to maybe get Katura on board a lot earlier, because if she's, if she could be in and committed to the plan and be willing to stick by Bruce, like that plan theoretically could have worked, but for whatever reason, uh, you know, she's well, not for whatever reason. I mean, she's been living with Bruce for what, two weeks now. 
and she's she's yeah and jake's like i need to unhitch my wagon to this guy emily's like i need him out with his idol in his pocket so he is doing and saying something that is just not resonating you know aside from him being the older guy julie's the oldest woman she's she's making it work but i wish we could have heard something from bruce in his ex-press about how he could have done something a bit different because it would have been such an awesome move it would have been such an awesome move and then but I also there's part of me, especially after last week, and we got to see a bit of Bruce's story. Like this edit has been tough for him. He's been shown shown in a light where, like the whole season has been, I want to do this. Let's get this done, and then people on the other end be like, I don't want to do that. He's holding me back. He's doing this. He's doing that, and just like shot after shot after shot, kind of clowning him around a little bit. I I felt that at times it's been it. He's been an awesome tv character and casting jeff talks about this on his uh, on fire podcast a lot about their their casting and they really like bruce as a character and you can see why he's been an awesome tv character but they've been dragging him through the coals a little bit and maybe that's just yeah. the way it actually was the whole time out there and he did he did share in his ex press that he he, he didn't love, like, he was like, okay, at the start of the season, you know, when it was just one person maybe saying it, when it was just Keturah. But as the season goes on and, you know, every person is kind of hammering the point that, you know, I'm here. Yeah, it was obviously like, man, that'd be so hard for anyone to hear, right? So, like, I, I don't know. And it's like, Survivor, did you really have to have four confessionals in a row of different people just ragging on me? Because oh, man. <laughs> episode that, after episode? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. where... Um, that's where it's tough. So then it goes back to back to the women at the sanctuary, the sanctuary where good things happen um, always. Uh, and we get the letters from home. No more. I'm assuming they're not doing it because of the shorter season. They're not going to do home visits or loved one visits because um, it's just a shorter in the season. budget too. You know, it the, costs the money oh, to yeah. send CBS don't it. have money for that. No way. They can't send people, send people out to an island. <laughs> oh, oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, multi-million dollar TV Billion. show. It's like, yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's like, up your up your prize money, man. Come on. Yeah, anyway. up your prize money, too. Squid, Squid Game yeah. got to beat on the prize money. Um, inflation, you know? <laughs> inflation. They went up to $2 million for a season and back down. Um, promptly back down. And promptly back down right afterwards. Um, we get emotional reading, though, of the letters from home. Some interesting things. Uh, we hear a little bit of background on Julie. Um, uh, mainly, we hear... I believe her kids and, and an emotional uh, divorce as well, picking up the pieces just based on kind of where life circumstances were of relationship ending, but also no job at the time as well. And, and having to, to rebound from all of that um, and just getting to understand a little bit more of what she's fought through um, to become who we see as mama J on the, uh, um, on the show. And then Emily finding a different perspective on uh, her future and relationship and having the epiphany in the moment of saying never seen herself in like a, a marriage um, and being a wife and never referring to herself as that. But maybe that's something maybe she's literally come to a life changing, potentially come to a life changing kind of mindset and decision here on Survivor. Um, international well in TV. On oh. national and international TV. She's having this great um, uh, moment and then we see Katura leading reading letters from home as well. But one of the most interesting loved one moments 
I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say one of the most interesting loved one moments in Survivor history is her sharing about getting a letter from her mom who she's been estranged from for, I believe she said over a year now um, is how long they've been estranged. And she doesn't know, as with anyone would be in this type of situation, I can only imagine, doesn't know how to feel about it in getting this letter um, from her mom who basically is just saying, despite what's happened, I still love you. I will. And that's really all the content we get from that. But that, that is one of the, um, yeah, one of the, one of the most unique moments we've seen in survivor history. Yeah. And you know, I'm not, I like, I, I love scary movies. I love thrillers. I love, you know, horror movies, but something about the survivor loved one visit segment whether it's the letters or the actual visits like i get so like wrapped up like the music the camera angles they just they just put everything together so well where i'm like right there with them i'm feeling just like emotion of it all and it was that's all just so touching it really really is one of the most special things sorry cal one of the most special things about the loved one visit specifically the the letters are a little different but the loved one visit was that you're put in this situation when you play survivor where you inherently know you can't trust anyone and you have to put up a front of some sort every single day of strength of like water beating off the back type deal. You always have to put that up. And who's the best example is Jeremy Collins, let's say, and his wife comes out and he knows this is the, the person in my life, probably the one person, but the person in my life, the most that I can trust without fail. They want the best for me. I want the best for them. They're not even remotely thinking about going against me. And whether that's a spouse that comes out a long ter- long term or short term boyfriend girlfriend parent sibling whoever comes out for that loved one visit is someone that you can let your guard down for that you cannot do with everybody else and which is so valuable when you have a survivor so valuable when you've been out there for the loved one visit would happen what day 30 31 32 somewhere in there so you're talking a month of not pretending to be somebody else isolation um a month of putting up this front being someone that it's not that not that you're faking but being someone that you are isn't 100 percent who you are because you have to suppress some things and express some other things to be successful at survivor and you get to just relax on that and go with someone you trust for a loved one visit it that's what makes it one of the most so getting these letters is hugely emotional because your family wait 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 wait. oh so that begs the question who would you guys bring out for your loved one's loved one's visit okay give me two people well for me it's got to be my wife megan you know a a free trip to fiji that's that's amazing and and two would be awesome to see her and and get some time together don't know about a, the second person though. Okay, Megan's not available. Who who else is coming out? Oh man, it's got to be someone to talk strategy with as well. Just being like, hey, here's what's going on. Like just having an outside perspective. 
Andrew um, Ironside, here comes the host yes, of Survivor. Yes. <laughs> just bring it in. I mean, yeah. Jordan also a great a great thing. We talked strategy before. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, watching some of the seasons and not participating. So, yeah. Oh man, a lot of yeah. good options in the Survivor at home. Well, that'd be amazing. But yeah, yeah your wife having a free sheep to feed Fiji would also. Probably. Yeah, that'd be that'd be. That, I I feel like she'd sign up for that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Jordan, who would you, Jordan? Who would you bring? Um, yeah. So I you? think, so one of these two would likely be the best person to come out. One would be uh, specifically as a family thing, like my, my mother coming out um, would be really special in that, uh, in, in that type of situation. But then the second one would actually be my sister, Brooke, because not only would it be great to have her out there, but she would also be someone to talk strategy with. Like she'd be someone who would give an objective view and like would be i would have good points to learn from her where she can come in objectively being someone who likes not only watching but playing in different survivor games so those would be two for the loved one visit i would second that i would also my first choice would probably be my mom just because i i don't even think she's been to the states before so for her to like fly out to fiji would be such a culture shock and it would be just so fun to see her in this completely new environment and then, of course, if my mom couldn't come, I'd probably bring out my cousin Amanda, who's never she's played in my season of Survivor, two of them, but she's never she's not part of the at home community in any sense. But yeah, just uh, my favorite cousin, and it would just be nice to have her out there as well. Nice. But uh, so to, to bring it back to the uh, to the show, I thought in the fan fiction that I was writing for this episode in my head as I was watching it, I thought that D sorry not D, I thought that Mom and Jay would sort of snap out of any sort of sentimental feeling that she was having and being like, I'm here for my family. I need to make a big move and I need to vote out one of these original bellows. That's where I thought this was potentially going to go because sometimes the family visit can shake out. Okay. I don't even know these people. I'm here for my family and I'm here to win. Well, we didn't a see classic that. example, a classic example of that was last season, Jesse. Yes. I don't know if he yes, made exactly. the move on Cody right after the family uh, letter episode. But two seasons he, ago. Was that two seasons ago? Uh, two, two seasons two ago? Two seasons ago. Yeah. Two yeah, seasons. yeah. I don't know if he made that move on Cody directly after that or if that was even to do, but he took the perspective. I like this guy, but I don't know these people. My family is what I'm here for and beelined it for uh, for some big moves. It's Boston to Rob kind of energy right there. Austin Rob energy right there. That's what and we the like. friendships continue. You know, like I think that's one thing Julie doesn't realize. I don't know if anyone on Ponderosa actually has any hurt feelings. You know, it, it's a game, and people have to understand that. Even if Life they do, you can have hurt feelings and still understand it's a game. That's sure. where, in my experience of playing, especially the 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 longer games of Survivor that I've personally played, Cal's and and Survivor Lake of Bays, and even Survivor at Home to an extent. I can have hurt feelings on the jury and I do, but I also understand that, you know, you got to make the game moves and, and work to take that perspective. Yep, exactly. People are going to get over it. Julie probably is sitting back home on the couch. Be like, it's okay, Julie on TV. It's fine. <laughs> you know, you'll get over it later when you have a full deal and, and a good night's sleep, you know? Exactly. It's, it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes it's also just okay to go, what the hell guys? <laughs> Let's like gotta do it. So good. Yeah. What the hell, guys? <laughs> so good. Oh man, it, it's I laugh because I understand. I know. Um, right, Cal. 
Yes. <laughs> so we don't, we, have had, to get we don't have to get into that again. Uh, so we head back to camp and the women come back now to visit the guys. Someone makes the comment about it's like our wives have all come back, which I thought was weird, but also funny at the same time. Um, and then Drew and oh, maybe for Austin and D, it was kind of yeah, like maybe that. for Austin, it is <laughs> who knows. Um, uh, but Drew and Emily, Emily shares, um, that the idol flesh on Bruce is fake, so now there goes all of Drew's uh, Drew's hopes and dreams about Bruce not having an idol, uh, dashed. Um, and immediately my thought is okay, confirmed, no all girls alliance. If she's gonna go back and tell Drew that, uh, immediately. Um, then that's the case. And then we start getting into a little bit of shaky water, Emily and Jake um, and Jake starting to stir things up after this, but she shares that the votes are going on Bruce and infer she doesn't, well, you can tell she does not want to say that Jake, you're the backup, but she's also not going to say that anybody else is the backup vote and basically just infers that Jake is. And he immediately turns on Drew um, Emily doesn't want to, con- again, doesn't want to confirm that it's, that is Drew that's saying this, but she kind of does. Um, um, but also tells Jake, she doesn't think she'd go with a plan, uh, to vote out Drew because she's in a good spot. I thought that was really interesting as a strategy play to say, I, I don't, I know you want to vote out Drew. I don't think I'm going to do that. She's, she's very, she, she's, she's learned so much, like she's grown oh. so much as a player and you know, ninety nine percent of that has been her, but we gotta we gotta give Caleb like a big up. Like if 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 Jake had someone like Caleb just to come alongside and be like, hey, here's how someone else sees you, or or I can help you through like a vote and get some friends. Like th- that would have made all the difference. But honestly, Emily, like she's she's noticing, hey, I want to make sure people that are on the outs feel good about me and feel good about things, even if they do go out. And she's pretty open about her game in select circumstances. In the best way, Caleb has created a monster. In the best way. Like, she's been awesome, but it's the best way to... Look what you did, Caleb. Look what you created. Boom. She's always thinking where... I think a lot of other people are just sitting back for whatever, you know. Yeah. 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 And we're at this sort sort of, like, juncture in the game with Emily where, like, it makes sense from us in the audience, like, go with Bruce Katura and Jake. Like he wanted to go with these bellow four, but she doesn't. And she goes for what, from what looks like to us being the fifth in a four person, a lot of the, the fifth in a five person alliance. So she must have, well, she does have more information that we're obviously not privy to because at this point, like I trust Emily and I trust the decisions that she's making, even though right now in the moment, it just does not look good to me. Well, so let's let's play it out in terms of if there's a if they get down to the four of them and Emily is the fifth, if they get to that point, then do the four of them agree on voting Emily and battling it out? Or do two of them go, let's go with Emily, vote one of the others out and make it like a three versus two type deal? If if that's what Emily is thinking might happen, she's got to assume that there, yeah, that there is going to be some I mean, break. she's already been in basically that position, right? It wasn't five people, but when it was um, Sabaya and Sean um, and Caleb, she was caught in the middle. Caleb didn't know there was a middle in that situation, but she was caught in the middle of Sabaya and Sean wanting to vote out Caleb. 
And she took advantage of that. And now she's soared beyond it. So she could be thinking that that's the type of situation where get into the middle there. And instead of the four teaming up on her, instead it's two V two and she gets caught in the middle and ends up sometimes the middle is the worst spot to be, or being that the one person who doesn't have allegiances is the worst spot to be, but she's thrived on being the person that doesn't have the allegiances in this game. Rain's just been going the whole, you know, she's, she's calculating. Okay. Here's what potential, here's what's going on here. Here's how I'll bring these people in. And and she has backups to her backups. Like, okay, if, if it doesn't work to have Bruce out, okay, well then we'll have Jake, you know, like here's, here's how it's going down. And before, so I think the, the final eight is typically a boring episode it's the final seven and even the final five where big swings tend to happen when there's an uneven number. So I'm going to be curious to see what happens next episode because, I mean, theoretically, I don't know where Katura and Jake stand, but if Emily could maybe pull in a Mama J and take a swing at Austin, I don't like, I don't know. But then they also set up this episode that Mama J is a big threat, which, you know, I don't fully see, but, you know, they're, the edit is trying to tell us that. So, I'm curious to see what will happen next episode, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm trusting Emily's gut, and I'm I'm believing that she's gonna make it through. Trusting it too. Then we get into Jake and Julie having a conversation, and Jake is all on this. I want to get Drew out. Emily's already said no. Goes up to Julie. Julie's gonna say no too. She's not. She doesn't want to do that. And then that leads us to a confessional where Jake is getting frustrated that people don't want to make a move. Mm, people are making moves. Remember, people are really playing Survivor out here, Jake. When Kelly got voted out, all of a sudden they don't want to make a move now. They don't want to make a move with Jake. He's this is this was the point where I said he's getting treated like Romeo. He's not, but he's starting to get treated like that. He's he's not in the loop on what's going on out there. Um, everyone around him is getting voted out. I think he voted for Kendra. I don't know that he knew she was going home, but I think he voted for her because she had a lot of votes against her. Um, and there was no one else that got voted for in that one. So, um, yeah, he's been left out, but he's thinking they're not trying to play. They're playing. They're just not giving him um, the agency uh, and he hasn't put himself in that position. And then Jake versus Drew. And their their conflict conversation, um, and it going back and forth. There's a lot of content there. The biggest thing for me is I'm going Drew. Don't get in too big of a blow up because you don't want to get your voted out yourself voted out for something like this. A public kind of spat is not great when you're someone who's smart but trying to stay low key still, which is I think yeah. what Drew would be. I agree. And these are the moments where you can sort of win or lose a jury vote where it's just between two people and you're having like a real, real conversation. And clearly, you know, Drew has the upper hand and Jake is very much on the outs. So I I don't it's only really like Drew. It's only bad for true Drew, and I really don't like how we handle the situation because let's say that in a in a tribal or two that Jake does go to Ponderosa, he's gonna have some not great things to say about Drew. <laughs> that's that's gonna you know as much as I love everything that Drew's bringing to the show and the game that he's playing, that's like this is these are the moments where you lose votes. I, th- I think it really shows you know some of Drew's immaturity, like 
if you're comparing him to Emily, when when Emily talks to to Jake, or you know, when Jake is proposing some ideas, or she, she kind of comes alongside him and makes him feel like good, where Drew just feels like, you know, he's talked about before, like I'm going to become the king of king of my beach, you know, and and, and he just, I think it's it's too inflated. He's got to be more humble to be able to move forward and 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 feel like people like people have to feel like he's listening to them even if he's saying no exactly let's move into the immunity challenge is this a brand new immunity challenge i don't think i've seen this immunity challenge before i, I i'm pretty sure it's brand new yeah okay I, yeah I, which i, I like which i love Yes, because just following last season where, you know, every challenge was basically broken because they just been recycling things for season after season. Yeah. So I think uh, I forget the the challenge director's name, uh, Matt Van Wagenen. He like someone shook him and was like, hey, man, you make some new challenges. because <laughs> you make some new challenges. We, we don't need <laughs> yeah. anyone else 3D printing more challenges on us yet. Exactly. Uh, so it's a new yes. challenge. You have it's it's a standard um, like type of progression endurance challenge that you've had where you're on some sort of whatever you're holding on to or standing on gets a little bit smaller as you go. That's not a new element, but the way they are with their back against a slide and then holding with their arms and their shoulders is a new element. Um, we see early on, I think it was Julie who drops out first and then uh, Katura, it looked, she's panicking about the water. So I was questioning, can she swim? It turns it, at the end, because we haven't seen many swimming water challenges um, this this season. She can swim. She's. I wonder if she's learned recently because uh, she's not over overly confident, it seems like, um, but just has a panic attack. And sometimes that happens as well. Like, I don't need to give a reason for it. Sometimes you, you just go through that type of panic and it's the way it goes. And unfortunately, it happened for Katura in this type of situation. Um, which is too bad, but she's able. She drops out of the challenge, and we keep moving forward. Then I got to the point where I'm looking, and just the way this challenge is. Um, if you ever spend any time in a in a gym, there are different like um, uh, like dip machines and, and tricep workouts specifically that mat and shoulder workouts that match this this format. And so I'm looking at this and going, have you ever seen, there's a video of a, a baseball game and they video the crowd and there's this dad who's obviously a bodybuilder and he's got this water bottle and he's trying to open this water bottle for the kid beside him and he can't do it. And the commentators are like, sir, if you can't open that water bottle, I think you need a new workout program. And I'm this, this challenge to me, that's Austin in this challenge. Austin, if you don't win this challenge, you need a new workout program because he's clearly the guy who's like, the beach, the surfer, surfer, like beach bod guy. If you don't win this challenge, you, you got to figure out a different workout program. This is yours to lose. He ends up outlasting Bruce uh, to win it. So good. He's good. His workout plan can continue the way it is. Um, but that was kind of my fun moment with this challenge. Oh, yeah. This was Austin's challenge to lose. Like who could have possibly gave him a run for his money? The um, only like thing I was he's wondering. Surfer, he's like mid-20s. Yeah. The only thing yeah, I was no, wondering like, is. Sometimes in these endurance challenges, the the smaller women, like a Mama J uh, type, where you're you're a little bit smaller, but you're still like fit and active, but there's a little less body weight to hold up. Sometimes that's an advantage, but it wasn't in this challenge. It, it sometimes in the endurance ones that becomes an advantage, but this was just clearly his his strength endurance. Yeah, um, arm strength was big in this. Yeah, so that, arm yeah. shoulder. Yeah, um, yeah. And Mama J, I think she was like the second person to drop. I was very, very surprised given her 
past. She dropped two. before. No, she dropped first. She dropped before Katura because she helped Katura off the one platform onto the other one. Oh, that's right. Interesting. Yeah. So she was she was the first one out in that one. Um. Yeah. So, but that was that was Austin's to lose for sure. So he gets immunity now. All of a sudden, Mama, look what I got. Austin's got immunity. Austin's got two idols. He's not going to play them, and we get uh, we get to mo- keep moving forward uh, with the Reba group here. So I was going to ask, um, do you think Jeff Probst has ever been to a carnival? Because he was like, you know, hey, this is a card like a carnival game. You know, think about scones. And I have never seen a scone in a carnival. And I and and they even said it there. They're like, Jeff, have you been to a carnival? Like, this is not a carnival game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Survivor does have a lot of like random carnival game type stuff, and this is definitely not one of them. Like, is he trying yeah. to say that this is like when you throw the ball at the target and then someone drops in the water, like the platform drops out? Is he trying to make that type of comparison? Because that's not what this challenge is. No, it's not. But a it's about no. the closest comparison that I can think of. Yeah, but with scones, like I don't know where that. I don't like, know where this came in his head. I honestly, yeah. I didn't see, I didn't hear him say scones in the episode. I saw a comment on uh, some social media today about scones and Survivor, and I was like, I don't know what this is about. Like, so yeah, that's I, that's I, where I it got brought up. <laughs> don't know what millionaire carnival you go to, but us lay people, we <laughs> we just have like carnies with uh, water guns and targets that's yeah. like a carnival yeah, to me yeah and and bottles and rings and stuff yep yeah that's <laughs> uh, i so i just wanted to really touch on austin who i feel has had on paper just a really great season just he's one of the most decorated castaways he's he's won a fair bit he's in a great alliance but i'm just not really seeing like a winning story for austin at this point do you guys have any any thoughts on Austin's sort of trajectory going forward? For as dominant as he is, he's coasting by. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 We're not getting a lot of like strategy talk from him. Yeah. yeah. Episode one and two, he had, you know, he like found the clue to the immunity and like, you know, he, he's had a few things, but then because of the tight alliance, just coasting through a bit and it's hard to, to delineate it's hard to separate people that are in an alliance that close right so now i wonder as well because this alliance the the one thing that this alliance may get criticized for is for those that don't if if we're assuming that one of them wins the game one of the four of them wins the game which is greater than a fit if we want to call it even odds it's greater than 50 percent that one of the four of them wins the game at this point um the one thing that three of them will get criticized on is not turning on the rest of the Alliance. And he, like the other players in the game don't know that he's got two idols, but that whole Alliance, I think the whole Alliance knows he has two idols or is it only drew that knows it? I, I, I think, think last episode after Kelly, Kelly went out, um, yeah, they did talk about it. They like talked when, about it, right? They talked about having two. There. They yeah. have two amongst the amongst them, which is really he has two. So a why aren't those in the alliance going after him? If he's got all this power. Like it almost feels like he's a stronger Xander. Remember Xander had an idol and an advantage, I think, and never got targeted. And at the end it was like, oh, we don't see him as a threat, even though he's got this stuff. Right, which I, I don't think is the case for. Yeah, well, D actually might like him. Apparently, <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's uh, that too, yeah. right? And Drew is Drew is not letting him go. So really, it's down to Julie. 
It always comes he's back to Julie. He's pretty well insulated. It goes back to Julie. He is he's very well insulated, but I don't feel like he's he's a threat. And yeah. to just go back I don't to think like the fan No, to go back to the fan fiction that I'm writing in my head of how Emily wins this game is if she is sitting there with any combination of the Bellow 4. Like I wonder, I don't want to say it's going to be a, a clean sweep because every season team seems to be like yeah. 7 to 1 or some crazy thing like that of the past 4 seasons. I like what you said about hard to delineate who's doing what, because if Emily is sitting there with any combination of them, who knows who actually did what from the outsider's perspective, because as you're saying, they're just so tight knit. And by the time they realize it, it's going to be too late. And how can you really promote your game at tribal council? And this actually reminds me of the season that Lynette won because when survivor home, because it was basically Lynette versus John Wani, Tyler Simcoe and Mikkel. And it was really hard for a lot. I mean, it was pretty close for the votes, but for me, especially, I didn't really know like where the brain was in that trio. And then you have Lynette who's sort of, you know, against them. So it's, yeah. it's almost easier to write like they a winning narrative. They both split each other. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you have this, you know, Lynette slide in and secure the victory. And I feel like Emily can have that same trajectory. So. Yeah. Let's see also, one thing, I'm just to is. note for just to note for clarity, I think you said Bellow Four. You meant Reba Four, obviously. Oh, Reba Four. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure we've got that, so we don't have people coming at us yes, on thank socials you. later. Discord <laughs> <Yes>. channel. <laughs> um, okay, so we get to commercial after the um, challenge. We get to commercial. We come back to camp, and Bruce comes in saying, "I'm going to play my idol. I'm going to play my idol." So Bruce's lie, we can call time of death on that. He's called time of death on his lie about having it flushed and he's he's going to uh he's gonna he's gonna play his idol at tribal um i was trying to sell myself on the storyline that he doesn't actually end up playing it but i was every time i was like no you just you gotta play it you you have to you gotta play it um and that might come up later spoiler alert maybe not um and then we get katura approaches emily about voting out julie and i kind of thought oh that's that's interesting. Emily tells Bruce Bruce that Julie isn't uh, necessarily with him. Um, and so now all of a sudden it's like, oh. And he gets – the best part about Emily in this situation is she gets Bruce to say, let's vote Mama J. She doesn't even actually bring her up first. He gets he gets her to sh- – he get, she gets him to say, let's vote her out. And then Emily agrees out. I'm thinking, oh, here we go. Emily's making a move. Let's do this. Let's go. And then confessional of Emily. Yeah, I just wanted him to say that to to try not to get him to play his idol. He's he's going out tonight. I couldn't Wild. I, that I, took me the out. Yeah, I, I know. I was like, all right, here we go. What's happening? <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. Cuts like this this like, balloon was filling. Oh, they could make a move on Julie. That would be so shocking. That would be so shocking. Yeah, I just wanted him to say say mama jay but we're all gonna vote for him hopefully he doesn't play his idol there goes the balloon just pop completely um <sighs> ruthless yeah. ruthless I, I i mean i love it but it's not obviously the tv that i wanted to see but that was pretty pretty gangster gameplay yeah um jake realizing he's still getting lied to um by everyone again getting treated like romeo but maybe he actually is now i'm starting to talk myself into that as this episode goes romeo also getting a ton of shout shout outs by me today um katura sends jake a a lifeline uh comforting him 
um, and wanting to give him some or giving him some information about who they're thinking of voting, talking about Julie uh, potentially. And then we get into Bruce also trying to comfort Jake, which Jake two seconds ago on a confessional had just complained about Bruce. Even Bruce is lying to me. And now Bruce is comforting. I'm like, oh, that's going to go one in, in one ear and out the other. Is it not? He seemed genuinely comforted. I think, like maybe there was a little bit of like, like you you're, you keep trying to be the father to people that don't that don't want it. But you know, when when you're struggling, sometimes it's nice whoever comes and kind of just puts their hand out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it went, exactly any any sort of comfort at this point would be helpful. And then we get the scene of Emily and Bruce walking together. Who they reference episode one, scene one. Who would have thunk it that the two of them, after that first scene that opened the season where she was straight up challenging him because he was a returning player for all five hours that he played the first time around, um, that they were going to work together at this point. Now, it is a bit of a for for those who are into gambling and sports gambling specifically, it a bit, is it a bit, it is a hedged bet, um, as well by Emily working with Bruce because she wants him out as does everybody all the time in this season for some reason. Uh, she wants him out, but will walk down a path and say that they're working together for the sake of making him feel comfortable and not playing his idol. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's good gameplay. And I think, you know, from Bruce's perspective, it's sort of like the story kind of writes itself. Like as he's sort of like talking himself into believing Emily, like, this will make such good TV. And this is, you know, the plan that he wants to see that I want to see. And, but for some reason, like he just has not won Emily over. So <laughs> he is, he's not won almost anybody over though. Uh, yeah. I, I know. I, why I'm trying to be coy about it. Like no one, <laughs> exactly. No, it's, <laughs> he's not won anybody over. So we're going to tribal. It's either Bruce or Jake or mama J. Uh, was it's it's hard to ask in retrospect now, but I had serious questions about who was going out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't. I thought maybe it was going to be Julie in the end. Because you obviously have you're we're kind of getting fed the storyline and understanding. Most people are going to vote for Bruce. Okay, that's that's fine. We we get that, but we know he's an idol, so he might play it. He might not. That's one question of is he going out? But I thought. Katura, is she going to vote for Bruce, Jake, or Julie? I'm not quite sure what she's going to do. Who's Jake going to vote for, Julie or um, Bruce? And then where are all of Reba going to vote for Bruce or are some of them going to vote for Jake? And then Emily as well. No, Emily was voting for Bruce. We, we understood that. But were they going to vote for Bruce or split their votes to Jake? If they didn't split their votes and all went for Bruce, then all of a sudden Julie could have two votes against her. I thought it started to be, I thought it was actually starting to become a real question of Julie could be, could be going out here. If it's not, if Bruce doesn't, if Bruce plays his idol, she could be going out here. Or is it Jake? There was kind of, it was open in the air, I thought, all three. Yeah. I mean, if Katura, Bruce, and Jake voted for Julie. If Emily was like, I don't want to, you know, to keep, to keep kind of things good in Reba. Um, and, and then, and, and Bruce plays his idol, then it, it would have been a split vote and like a revote 
in this episode, right? Like, so yeah, it would have been interesting. I do like, I'm hoping you guys got this at the beginning of tribal immediately. They just can't help themselves. There's a different energy because Austin won and not Bruce <laughs> right away. It's like, yes, Bruce didn't win. We're so happy about it. Like, let's hold back our excitement, please. No, I com- no, I completely missed that. I, I did you I did actually? Not. Oh, I was yeah. Oh. It's so funny to hear. Even last week, like what people pick up, like I, like I just don't pick. Obviously, pick up everything, but like what some people see on on the episode, like I, it's just I don't see it. And that's just one another example. I love it. Well, there you go. Um, Jake gets the chance to call up his kind of own insecurities about being a lawyer and with lawyers. Sometimes he feels that there can be like an imposter syndrome on, am I working hard enough? Am I doing, you know, what's best, um, for anyone and in, anyone involved and in the game, it's like, am I working hard enough? Cause I'm not getting much information. Like everything's kind of going around me, but not with me, uh, in the game and, and struggling with that. And you can see like the emotion and, um, and he could use a bit of bit of relief um, there. Uh, Julie, the name Mama J, struggling with that. She brought it on herself. Thank you for that revelation uh, from episode one, John. Uh, she brought it from brought her on herself as well. And they get into talking about the votes, and they're trying not to just say the thing with a game like this is, yeah, the Kelly vote was big for the players in the game. The Kelly vote is done. It, it, it's gone. It, it's a it's a long way. It's two votes ago. It's a long way in history. For Kelly, it's like, I got voted out two or three days ago, and that sucks, and I hate it. But for them, uh, Kelly's gone. Kendra's gone. We're still playing. We're here at Tribal Council. We got to move on from it right away. Um, and so they're trying not to just let on like, oh, sorry, Kelly, we've already forgotten about you. But it's a very different vote. It's a lot more logistical. There's more things to work around. And they start to uh, start to talk about that as well. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting because I've heard interviews with former castaways where you're very perceptive of when you're still in the game and your fellow castaways who are still in the game reference the jury because that in itself is sort of like a, a jury, like, you know, pandering to the jury almost, right? So I'm kind of wondering, okay, Julie is talking about, I guess, oh, exactly. I feel bad for everything that I do with Kendra and Kelly. And so I just wonder if there's going to be any ramifications from from her decision to do that. Because Interesting. I wonder. Yeah, she's she's definitely, you know, saying the regrets. And of course, when you're on the dress, like, shut up. Like, you already did it. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, you already did it. Like, don't feel remorse for it. Own it. You did <laughs> yeah. it. You knocked me exactly. out. Like, so, yeah. Don't, I, 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 I don't know what I feel. If you get blindsided, I don't think you want to hear, oh, sorry. Like, no. I, I, you'd almost rather hear the rationale of, well, here's why. And I heard that you were coming after me or you were doing all of this and that wasn't going to help me win. Like, give me a good reason why you made the play, not you're sorry and you regret it. Because if you say you're sorry and you regret it, then I'm left thinking I want a different outcome. As opposed to if you tell me, no, it sucks that it happened. Like, it, I hate to do that to you, but I did it for reason X, Y, Z. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, smart. Like, I'll respect that. Maybe not everyone would be like that, especially um, uh, the early days of Survivor would have been a little more hurt about something like that. But nowadays, when we know it's a game, if you just say, I'm sorry to do that to you, it's just like, oh, then why don't you make a different decision? Yes. So that all that being said, and to consider, I think Julie is one of the more intriguing castaways to me right now. So I'm going to be curious to see over the next two episodes where – 
where the game takes her. <clears throat> yep. So Jake has one of my favorite moments of this episode. He goes, I'm open to a move. You want to sucker punch someone? I'm here. I'll help you. I'll do it. I'll do it. Best quotes come from Jake. Oh, like the man. best quotes of the season. That was a good one. I love that. Right. Whoa. He's whoa. ready to suck. I completely agree. Oh, yeah. The whoa, too. Um, so, so good. And then I Jeff Probst gets, gets commented on this all the time, but he gives Julie the question. Would you be shocked if it's you tonight? I, I, I wrote down, like, as I was watching the episode, like, Jeff, sometimes I think he reveals too much from the production side that, that players don't know. Like, does everyone get that question? Do, you know, and there, there was something else he said, too, that kind of, I was like, ooh, if the person was paying attention, like, I think it was Bruce, like, if, if, if he had been paying attention, that could have alerted him, like, ooh, I should play this idol, like, something is Right. Yeah, there's there's two schools of thought where like you can definitely pick up cues from production in several parts of the game, including the questions that Jeff does ask and throw. But also that, you know, what we see is like a 20 minute snippet of like a two or three hour tribal council. So sometimes when it's obvious to the viewer, it's it's less obvious to to the players in the game, especially when, as you know, we've discussed you're sleep deprived, you're hungry, like there's nine, 10 cameras on you and you're just trying to come up with a clever answer to, you know, when Jeff kind of throws something your way that you're not always like, boom, like bang on with that kind of stuff. But absolutely, that is that is something consider to consider. But of course, there's always, you know, 15 other questions being asked to different to castaways that don't make the show. I think also Jeff will tell you he says this on this podcast on his podcast he'll ask multiple players that same question. It won't just be Julie who will get that question. He'll ask anybody at any point and he tries not to make it pointed of like I think you're going out so I'm going to give you your last hurrah to tell us what's going on here. Um and I and think he I, clarified that on the on the on fire podcast yeah. with when he talked about Sean because he's like that was the moment that Sean decided to quit the game. But that's something that are, is very typical for me to do. Like I, I will ask that to several different people. And Sean took that and it spooked him <laughs> that he quit the game shortly after. So yeah, it, it is something that Jeff is aware of and it's very standard tribal council questioning. And then the last thing is before they vote, they take a vote on does ever who thinks that Bruce is going to play an idol? And it sounds like it's pretty unanimous. Everyone thinks he's going to play an idol. They they had openly ever it's open that he's got an idol. It's not shocking information, but everyone I guess openly uh, admits they think he's going to play his idol in that uh, in that tribal council. And then we see even more secure. You exactly know. right. Make him feel it's even it's more so secure. like. A- 4D chest of a move where like you talk about the guy who has an idol who it's so obvious for him to play the idol and then you actually don't want him to play the idol because votes are going to be coming onto him and so he could leave. like it's just so good like that was just such great survivor yeah. gameplay from it, everyone who was not Bruce yep it's the the standoff on like are you this is, what we're, this is what we're telling you we're doing. This is what you're telling us you're doing. Who's going to make the final? Who's going to outlast the other one um, in it? We get to the votes. They write down. So we see we only saw Bruce voted for Julie 
is what we saw. And I think we saw someone voted for Jake. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if we saw that or not. I think, I think it was, no, we did see, I think we saw Drew vote for Jake. Drew. He was like, Jake. oh, a third time oh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was not a shocking vote that he was voting for Jake that we, yeah. we knew that based on their kind of interaction earlier. Right. So then we get to the idol and immediately Jeff goes, or sorry, we get to the, if anyone has an advantage or an idol, if you want to play it now, would be the time to do so. Bruce sits there and it's like, okay, why are you going to wait so long? Are you really going to wait this long? Are we sure about that? And he sits there and he looks around and then he leans back and changes his hands positioning on his lap and then sits forward and then doesn't play the idol. And you see Emily puts her hand on his shoulder at one point, like during, like right near the end of that, which like is even better social social engineering on her part. Like I couldn't believe it. You know, it's kind of like, no, 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 you're okay. And, and then he didn't like, I couldn't. <laughs> he didn't play it. The votes come out. Jake, Jake, Jake. And everyone's like, huh? Hold on. Hold on a second here. Julie gets a vote. And then the Kel Sherman special. Bruce, 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 <laughs> all, all the way, all the way through the finish, and it's like, not only did he leave with an idol, but after all that we've seen from Bruce and about Bruce this season, he left with an idol that everybody knew about, that he said he was going to play the whole day, didn't play it, and they still voted for him, and he knew the votes were going on him, or at least he was told the votes were going on him, expected them to go on him didn't play his idol, told everyone he would, still didn't play it, gets voted out. Katura yeah. wins. <laughs> Katura wins. She's ha- like, she's like, I can go now. Like, please vote me yeah, out. Her story's over. Her story's yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> through nine, did, did you guys see this episodes? picture? I think, yeah. Kel, you posted this in the Survivor at Home Discord. The picture, everyone's posting their Spotify wrapped, and then there's just a picture of Katura. You talked about Bruce for nine episodes in this season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, I, I think I saw that on Redmond's Twitter, and I was like, this is so funny. I have to share this. <laughs> um, so but I, I thought that Bruce was going to come up on top because Katura's whole storyline, as per that meme, is that everything is kind of centered around Bruce. And Bruce has had a more fleshed out storyline, which of course just him being perpetually on the bottom and on the outs. But I I if I were, you know, guns on my head like three episodes ago, I would have told you that Bruce was probably gonna go further. So egg on my face. But I I I don't know how Katura's gonna fare moving forward, but yeah, she she won. She came she up won. on top. She came up on top. Um yeah, and that's uh that's the that's and that's the end of it. She she wins. She comes out on top. Bruce is out. So now we'll see where Katura's storyline goes. We'll actually get a confessional for her that is not Bruce-centric. That will be a new step in, in Survivor. Oh, absolutely not. Next episode. Yeah, the next one's her. going to be a vote. <laughs> <laughs> be like, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, man. Yeah. Just, yeah. So she's going to be so happy and so relieved. Um, I, I did see also some commentary. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like... He, he was so hurt by Kelly and now they got to spend, you know, like a, another week at Ponderosa together. That's going to be. Yeah. That's usually a pretty, it, it, it depends on how, because Kelly will be, um, she, I'm trying to kind of play this out here. She will like, it wasn't a big goal. Bruce didn't necessarily 
bother her. He did bog her down, but I don't think she's going to blame him for the reason why she lost. Right? So for Bruce, he he will just need to clarify what people were saying about her wanting him out and her kind of the overly negative things that people said that she was saying about him to get him on their side. I think that'll just need to be clarified for him. Yeah, it could blow over pretty. Hopefully, it blows uh, over. I think it does. I don't. I also don't see Bruce and Cal- Bruce really starting up a fight. Like that's not. I him. think he'll he'll have questions, which is fair. But which is exactly totally what fair. you're saying. Yeah, which is that uh, like Rebo was a hot mess from the get go, and they Bello. just could not. So Bello, oh my goodness, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> Bello, yeah, Bello was a hot mess from the get go, and there was just no no working together. Like Kelly really should have made some smarter decisions an episode or two previous, and yeah, they, like they just could not outsmart Jay. Um, sorry, D, Mama J, uh, Drew, Drew and, and Austin. Austin. Yeah, like yeah. just that's such a tight four who have been playing it so well. So yeah. it's it's they, they have no one to blame but themselves as a group. Correct. Yeah, the hot mess. Um, quick update, Kel. Did another one of Luke Hildebrand's uh, Survivor winner yes. picks go out? Thank you for bringing that up because he <laughs> only has two people left on his board. He has Austin and Drew and he had Bruce. <laughs> so which so do you also, have – there's seven players left. Do you have the other five? I have the other five. Yeah, he has True and he has Austin and I literally have everyone else. So I don't think Austin's going to win, but True, you know. So Drew, Drew was, versus the world? Drew Basile versus the world? Yeah, Basile. That was like a of a <laughs> another thing. Time of death. That did not last very long. At no, all. no. Which, which I was really confused when he's like, "Oh, I've never been in a locker room." I'm like, I, episode one, you said like, "Oh yeah, when I go to the bars or frat parties, that's Basile coming out." Like, I'm like, "You're going to frat parties? You can hang with the dudes." Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seemed pretty broy in those situations. He was. Um, he was. So, question for you guys: Is the I'm going to mess this up again? The Bellow Four. No, the Reba Four. The Re. Oh my goodness! Every time it's Reba, Reba, Red, Reba, Red, (laughs) Reba, Red, Reba, Red. Does the Reba Red? Are they going to be in the final four? Yes or no? No. On. You say no, Jordan. I say no. On on the next time on, it's hinting that there's going to be some, like next time on Survivor. yeah. Red yeah. hair and all the way. Yeah. I, I think I think Emily's gonna find her way into the final four. So that means automatically so. one of them can't do it. And at this point, maybe Jake probably finds his way into the final four because he probably just gets dragged along. Why wouldn't you? So someone so that that's someone in say, final tribal that's not gonna get votes. Katura, by that logic, would be the next person out next episode, Jordan? Or just she's she's out soon in general. Whether it's next episode or not, she's out soon in general. Okay, but yeah, by, by uh, that but, logic, I guess yeah, I'll say Katura next. Now, now watch, she's gonna go win individual immunity. <laughs> yeah, that's this is where her story really takes off. Now that she's slayed the dragon of Bruce, yeah. she can do the the Erica. She, she was not not that Katura was invisible like Erica was by the edit, but kind of hanging around. And then all of a sudden, a couple big moves at the end. Yep, I'm winning. Here we go. She broke the hourglass, which is Bruce. And now she's just oh, going to go. Don't, 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 don't talk about that. 
<laughs> don't bring that up. That's the... yeah, yeah, gross. <laughs> Uh, John, who's who's winning Survivor forty five? Yeah, I mean, before this episode, I had D kind of in my mind. I really thought Kelly was going to before that, but I think I've got to move to Emily. Like in this episode, really convinced me she's got she's got some moves, and and she's thinking like more layers ahead than anybody else at this point. From what we've seen, at least. Cal, who I, do you think? I agree. I agree. You agree with Emily. So my heart, yeah, my heart is telling me it's Emily. And mm-hmm. like I keep going back to that first scene where it's her and calling out Bruce. And there has to be some long-term significance there, more than just than what we've seen so far. And I do believe, like I've been saying this on the podcast all season, that either her or Bruce is going to be in the finale, in the final three. And so I guess I'm going to just hitch my heart wagon to Emily and say that she's going to be there, okay. but I'm going to, okay, that's going to be my primary, my primary, but I guess if I'm, you know, with my head, I would, I would probably say D that there's, there's just a lot of like traction around that group. So I can, I can see if yeah. any from the, if anyone from those four is going to do it, I think D is probably even a better, in a better place than Drew at this point, but she's such a juicy target that it'd be hard to avoid her. Jordan, what do you think? Who's who's going to win? I'm going to after after everything we've talked about this episode, I'm going to say that this player that's going to win is going to break the mold of their archetype, and Mama J is going to take home the crown. Ooh. The reason being is in 43, going into the finale, the final five, we were confident Jesse should win and was going to win, and he was out within 10 minutes of that episode starting. And so I wonder if that's something that happens to like an Emily or a D. Um, I don't think Jake is going to win. Drew might have rubbed people a little bit the wrong way. Austin, I don't know about. And Katura, she's got a lot to do to get there. And I'm going to... You know, I really... And D's a big pick. I really like that pick because Mama J, who is someone who's been present in the edit consistently all through the season long yeah. and the new era winners are people who on the rewatch it makes a lot more sense and so if you rewatch the season with the knowledge that mama j does win i think it'll make a lot more a lot more sense whereas mm-hmm. you know we're all talking about all these big players and kind of what we see in these ericas these gablers even you know marianne's that just sort of skate by yeah i could totally see that so love the pick there we go. That's my pick. So we'd like to take this time to thank everyone for listening. You can find us on, um, you can find Survivor at Home on Twitter, Survivor underscore at underscore home on Instagram as well. Uh, Survivor at home.com is the website. Applications are open for season six for Survivor at Home, the game. And for John Matthews, Kel Sherman, my name is Jordan. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on Survivor at Home, the podcast.